Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help the fellow That's what we're here for. We do think we can make it better, and we believe that. And it's really not us, but it's the fact that we have uh, we are serving a really great God, and uh, His Holy Spirit indwells us and gives us the power to make it better, to make a different world, to make some changes. And uh, uh, that's what we that's what we do here. We uh, and we like to talk to all sorts of guests, uh, people who are just in the basic avenues and walks of life, and find out how how they're doing it. Um, how are they making an effect in their in their neighborhood, or maybe even in their world which is uh, the case with our guest actually tonight, which we're very excited about. Um, some time ago, I had a guest, Michael O'Connor, on, who's an author of one of my favorite books, actually, Sermon on the Mound. That's M-O-U-N-D. And it's a wonderful book about, about God and baseball. And um, Mike's a, just a fascinating, very creative person. And uh, I was actually calling him uh, to see if he might be able to be on our show again, and to fi- only to find out that the person we really wanted on, on our show is his wife, Sally. And uh, she, because of some incredible things she has been involved in as of late, uh, both she and Michael have uh, improbable uh, people ministries and um, out of that has grown a really very surprise kind of uh, way of touching the world that uh, we're going to let her tell us about um, as soon as we get going here but uh, you will you will enjoy this show I, I know you will and uh, so I would like to uh, without any further ado w- welcome our guest Sally Klein O'Connor. Sally, welcome to to the catch on Blog Talk Radio. Thanks very much, John. Good of you to invite me and let me share a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um now I understand you just you just got back recently from uh is it Belgium, is that right? Yeah, Brussels specifically. Yeah, Brussels. in Belgium. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, that that was last night. So I, I have a lot of sympathy for you. I know your time <laughs> change, your clock is probably going crazy, and and all of that. So I want to thank you for being available to talk with us. Um, but uh, I I want you to 
Well, you know what? Maybe the best way to get into it is to just have you tell us what you did in Brussels. And that's going to, I think, open the door on, um, on, on this very unique ministry you guys have discovered. Okay. Well, uh, we were in Brussels for 11 days, and um, the project name is called The Tour of Roses and it began in 2009. Um, the group that was in Brussels, there were 11 of us. One one of my friends, he's German from Dachau. He was born in Dachau. And another friend of mine, uh, she's Polish, um, living in Berlin now, but from uh, a city in uh, Poland, uh, Rakla. And then um, there were uh, several other people from different churches, four from a friend of mine's church, he uh, chairs our board. Uh, that church in Lin- Linwood, California is called Lingate Neighborhood Church. And then um, my friend uh, Eric, who is pastoring the team, he's from our church. We go to uh, the vineyard in uh, Reseda, California. And then um, there was Esther, and she's from Georgia. And <laughs> And uh, I don't, uh, let's see, I, I'm not sure if I'm getting everybody because I'm a little tired. But I think that's everybody. <laughs> um, but, uh, we, you know, we, we prepared for several weeks uh, uh, for this project uh, through devotions and prayer and meeting together and worshiping together. And um, to bring about 5,000 long stem red roses as a a tangible display of the extravagant love of God. And we gave out these roses. Each of them had cards attached, nice, you know, kind of like, you know, uh, keepsake cards um, were attached with a red ribbon to the roses. And the the card said, in this case, um, in Flemish on one side and French on the other, it said, a rose of remembrance red for the blood of the people who died, red for the Savior's blood, which was shed for all, red for his perfect love, which removes all fear, making it possible to love one another. And um, wow. we gave out these roses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what a We message. gave out these Sorry. Oh, go ahead, John. <laughs> I was like... Mm-hmm. No, I, I I'm just impressed. I just think it's a beautiful message in such a very short, brief period of time. Really, it's well, well it's words a, well chosen. Well, they weren't. Uh, you might. I think you would appreciate this. They weren't my words. Um, I was sitting outside of um, Auschwitz Birkenau in 2008. And um, after the Lord had dealt with me, He was dealing with my heart about my point of view toward Germany and Poland um, in light of, uh, you know, what happened in the Holocaust. I'm, I'm a Jew who is a believer in Jesus. And, um, and, he, and I had never uh, expected in my whole life to set foot in Germany uh, or Poland. Um, and I was sitting outside the killing fields of uh, Auschwitz-Birkenau and... Um, and the Lord was dealing with my heart there and showing me that I needed to look past my own understanding of victimhood to the people who were living in these places or living near these places and where 
their hearts were at and what had happened to them and that he wanted to reach them and what would I say to them, you know. Mm. And um, as I was praying about it, that's what he gave me. And, wow. um Yeah. So we did that. We've done that. Well, anyway, going back to Brussels, we were, uh, this was a very interesting trip, very different trip for us. Um, we gave it out in several different places, the roses, you know. Uh, we gave it out in Malbik, and Malbik was one of the two places where uh, the terrorists uh, bombed last year in March. Mm. Malbik was the train station, and so we were in the uh, station, and I had my keyboard and was worshiping um, right across from their big memorial um, I think it was just a level down from the uh, from the street level, and um, we were giving out roses um, on that level and also below. Um, and people were uh, taking the roses. Several people took the roses, read the card, and then laid it in front of the memorial. I mean, it was very mm. uh, wasn't carelessly done. It was done with like a lot of feeling i saw people just kind of linger there and then lay their rose on the memorial and then people were coming up from below who had received a rose below came up to that level as they were approaching the street and they they had the rose in hand and they were moving forward and then they saw the memorial and they paused and then many of them chose to lay their rose down on the memorial and that was it was it was really powerful to all of us on the team. I mean, we were all mm. like, wow. And then um, we were mm. together with an um, American missionary there, uh, Jennifer, and she's been there not quite a year. And she was crying as we, you know, when we finished with all the roses and we just prayed around the memorial together. She just began crying because she realized that, you know, God had really brought her to Brussels and that now Brussels was her home. And that was that was also really powerful for all of us. And that was one of the places we were at. And the other place that was really kind of, uh, well, we didn't know how it was going to go, was the red light district. And um, never had done that before, but um, was invited to bring the roses there. And so... Um, we all prayed a lot about that and you know how to approach that but we really didn't have any idea cuz none of us had ever seen um the red light district in uh any of the european cities so um i for my part i was walking down one side with uh my friend jurgen and and then the other side um there were two women from our team were walking down the other side um in the in the area that is uh, most uh, uh, publicly accessible and very busy and all of that. And these young women are in the windows and they're um, posing, um, trying to get the men's attention with very little on. And um, and so my friend Jürgen, all the, there were four men on the team and they each had to really pray about whether or not they felt they could do this from a pure place. And my friend Jürgen has an amazing pastoral heart. And um, he had 
really determined that he would just really look at their eyes and be able to just, you know, love them that way. And he, the men did not give out any roses in this case, um, but they they were there holding the roses as we took a few roses and gave them to the women. And what I did was I went to the window, you know, where they were kind of displaying themselves, and I held up the rose just kind of as an invitation. And when they saw the rose, it was so interesting. They they snapped out from what their thing was they were doing, and and they started to smile so big, and they came to the door, and they, they opened the door to receive a rose. You know, and a lot of them hmm. spoke English. And so I just said what I felt like the Lord, you know, putting on my heart was just, you know, um, this is just because God loves you and he sees you and you're precious to him. You matter to him and mm. he values you, you know. And that was kind of, you know, mm. it because it was a very controlled environment. Their men were everywhere and we had been told that they couldn't really engage us very much at all. Um, or there might be, you know, retribution or something. So um, several of the women would also say, can we give one to the madame? And so we would give a rose also for them to give to the madame. And then there's a cleaning woman who cleans the glass and everything, and she is kind of, you know, obviously very different than them. And um, and several times I was able to give it to the cleaning woman first. And that just felt I don't know. That that was just me. I that just felt good to me to do that. But <laughs> but it was, you know, their their expressions were so, you know, their whole demeanor changed when it was like, you know, it's just me and I'm 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 offering you this rose and there're no strings attached and it's just for you to take. And it's just a way of expressing the the love of God to you, you know. And so we, you know, that was a really, we did that twice during this trip in two different parts of the red light district. And um, and I think it was very encouraging to the ministry that is there every day and just, you know, giving and giving and giving and bone dry and the giving. Um, that I think they were, they were amazed too to see so much receptivity to the roses. And then um, mm-hmm. another moment that was really like one of my favorite moments personally was um, we went to the uh, EU and, uh, you know, it was a really cold day and uh, very windy and I brought my keyboard and we started to worship in front of the EU and I'm looking up at this building and all these people are in the office buildings, all these little office windows. I don't know how many stories this thing was, you know, but I'm, I'm, I'm looking up in this space, and immediately security came. You know, I had no pass or anything. You know, we had, couldn't get permits or anything, and security came. I mean, they were immediately rushing us, and, and you know, we have like, I don't know, 10 or 12 buckets, probably 10 buckets, I think, of roses we had in front of us. And and they're like, my friend Eric, he was pastoring the team. He says, he says we have company. And I'm like, oh, oh, yes, mm-hmm. right, we do. 
And uh, I said, do you, you know, do you anybody speak English? And the guy said, yeah. And I said, um, well, um, we're just giving the roses as an expression of God's love. And I said, there's no money involved. And then just singing. And there's no money involved. And we're not here for any political reason whatsoever. We're just here to express um, God's love. And he smiled, and he turned to the other guys, and he said, it's all right, leave them alone. And they walked away. Huh. And I was like, "Wow, okay then. <laughs> I had to laugh, you know. It was, just, it was really pretty wild. So, wow. yeah, anyway. How, um, Sally, how did this <laughs> get started? Okay. Um, well, as I said, I'm Jewish, and uh, I I came to the Lord in 1984 in Yom Kippur, and, um, you know, there are a lot of places in my life the Lord has done a lot of healing, has very messed up and broken and angry and hostile and judgmental and went through a lot of rejection stuff. And, you know, we began this uh, ministry, Mike and I together as songwriters, because um, that's how we met in a songwriting class. And, and and actually, the Lord really, you know, has used, he has used our songs over the years to bring healing to people who have suffered um, difficult issues in their lives, abuse or, mm. you know, um, a lot of loss, things like that. In fact, you know, I, I know you you have a special place for this song in your heart. Um, but, you know, we give out a concert CD and a tour of roses when I do the concert. And it's just two songs. Mm-hmm. And the first song is I Was There. And the second song is Nothing But the Blood. And mm. um, so, you know, our songs, to our surprise, really touched a lot of people in deep places and pockets that were kind of hidden and you know, because of the way I shared and the words of the songs that Mike wrote. And, um, you know, that was cool. I mean, minister to uh, women in bulimia, the anorexic facility for a while. Did mm-hmm. that. But, uh, you know, there are issues in our lives that I think God only brings us to, uh, he brings them up at the point that he's going to heal them or deal with them. Both are really healing, but, you know, God doesn't bring up things arbitrarily. We might be introspective and try and fish, but that's quite different than the Holy Spirit, you know, really bringing something up. And in this case, I was praying for a friend, probably in 2006, I'm guessing, I was praying for a friend and um, also a Jewish believer, and she had been invited to minister in Germany. And um, she'd never gone to Germany, and certainly I had never gone to Germany. And, you know, both of us had thoughts about that um, because the way we were raised and how we thought about the Holocaust. And quite frankly, uh, in the Jewish community of believers even, there's still a lot of feeling, strong feeling about Mm -hmm. what happened in the Holocaust and how we look at that even as Jewish believers in Jesus. 
So she uh, she was preparing to go, and she said, you know, um, my my friends, they're upset that I want to go see a concentration camp. She said, um, you know, I just feel like God uh, is prompting me to do that. And I tried to explain it to them, but they got very upset, and she's telling me this. And she said, they said mm-hmm. things like, why do you have to do that? And, you know, how long is this going to go on? And when is this going to be over? And as she started mm-hmm. to say that, their reaction, you know, I mean, these are these are German Christians. They're, you know, evangelistic, evangelical, whatever, you know, charismatic. And, uh, you know, here they are, but they're young. They're in their 20s. And they're saying, you know, when is this going to be over type thing? And I'm like, I'm thinking, it's never going to be over. Okay, don't you know that? It's never going to be over because this is your fault, you know. And that's what rises up in me, you know. And it rises up in me in a lot of power. And I think, wow, man, i got to pray for my friend. She's walking into enemy territory. And I start, I lay my hand on her and I'm not exactly full of the Holy Spirit right in that moment. I'm full of something, but it's not the Holy Spirit. And I, you know, I lay my hand on her. I start praying for her. And, you know, you always wonder how God does this stuff. I mean, I, I just don't even understand. But I put my hand on her. I'm praying for her. I'm, I know my mouth is moving. I know stuff is going on. But I'm hearing something entirely other. And I hear a question. And the question is, what do you think happened to the Germans after the Holocaust? And immediately in my heart, you know, it's like, who cares? Who cares? You know, I mean, everything from my childhood on and things said and movies watched, books read and all of that, you know, just rise up. It's like, who cares? You know, well, I'm, I'm a Jew, you know. And and the second question comes. And the second question is, how do you think the Germans feel about what happened in the Holocaust? And I'm clueless, I think. Why would I care about this? It's about what Hmm. I feel. It's about what we feel. It's not about what they feel. It's about what we feel and what they did. And, and, but I'm realizing in the moment that this question is just laid there on my heart. Oh, this is God. What are we doing here? What are we, what's going on here? You know, and I, I start to wrestle with the question. I start to wrestle with what does it mean now? I'm a believer. You know, that's what I was taught. That's how I was raised. That's the way I looked at it. And I thought it was righteous to look at it that way. But really, it's prejudice. Really, it's judgment. And he didn't call me to that. He called me to be an ambassador of reconciliation. He called me not to look at anyone the way I looked at them before I came to faith in Jesus. And I'm looking at these people from my cultural lens. And that is not the final say. And so, man, I wrestled with that. And I thought, finally, you know, I came to 
Well, if they're not deniers, which was what I was taught, they're all deniers and they're going to do it again. If they're not all deniers and they're not going to do it again, I guess maybe they would feel shame Hmm. and condemnation because we don't forgive them. We have stated we will never forgive them. And the Lord, the Lord just worked on my heart. And in 2007, I went to Germany for the first time. I was scared. I was like, I thought, I'm, I'm losing my mind here. I don't know what I'm doing here. And I went with a friend of mine. Um, she barely went with me. She's also Jewish. And she'd read every book I thought on the Holocaust. But then she was like, I need to read this and this and this. And I'm like, no, I don't want to. I think you're going in the wrong direction here. This is not what this is about and uh, we both had like just this watershed experience and I remember standing in Bergen-Belsen which was where Anne Frank died and that was the first camp we saw and I'm looking at this place where there are these stones and they're mass graves with memorial stones and in between all these memorial stones growing wildly are these incredibly beautiful pink flowers and I am mad Mm. I'm offended I'm like why is there any beauty in this place what is that about and I hear him again in my heart say I'm a redeemer how about you Mm. you know and that's and that's really you know I mean it it's really the essence. That's how it started. I mean, you know, I, I came back the following year because I knew something was going on. And I had this really insane joy in Berlin. I was like, oh, my gosh, I am losing my mind. I'm in Berlin, and I'm, I'm like worshiping God in Berlin. And I'm going, I don't know what you're doing, but whatever it is, can I, can I have in on it? Because... I just, like, I can't imagine why I'm standing here at the top floor of this building, Chosen People Ministries, and I'm looking and I'm going, yes, please, count me in. I want in on this, whatever it costs. I thought, I must have lost my mind here, you know. And uh, the following year, you know, he gave me this very weird dream of roses. I mean, you know, I'm the daughter of a florist. My father was 50 years in the business. And, mm. uh, yeah, you know, he uses everything. I basically had said to my dad, I'll never be in this business, and I don't want to ever do this. I'm a singer. I don't sound like it much right now, but I am. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So we've given out roses, you know. and wow. We've worshipped in the death camps, and... And it's been an amazing, um, probably one of the most amazing experiences in my life. Yeah. Wow. How, how do people, how do people respond to you? I'm sure that you get everything, but, but, uh, what would you say is the, the, the most typical response? When they receive a rose, or when they hear the mm-hmm. idea. Okay. Yeah. No, when they yeah, when they receive a rose and ask about it and find out what's going there, on. Yeah. Yeah, their face changes. 
It's sometimes mm. it's almost like watching black and white and into color. It's that mm. amazing. Last year we were in, uh, you know, one, probably one of the most difficult areas to give out a rose. We were in Bethlehem, and we were all very nervous about it. I mean, all the stabbing things were going on, and mm-hmm. we were we had decided. I mean, well, we hadn't decided. It was really. You know, we were in Bethlehem, and the first day we were there, and we were at the hotel, and we cleaned enough roses to start to give them out. We were only going to give them out right in front of the hotel just to kind of test the waters. We were very nervous, and we prayed, and the um, ministry that came alongside us had said, um, you know, men have to give them out to men, and women have to give them out to women. That's the way we do this. And I said, okay. You know, whatever whatever is, uh, you know, correct here. And we went out into this, I, I, I mean, colorless environment. This, you know, white and gray and severe and just no color. And we took these bright red roses out into the street. And men were coming up to women, and women were coming up to men, and it didn't matter, and all the rules stopped, and people were stopping on the street in their cars to receive a rose. And I saw men's faces that were just grim, I mean grim, as they were, you know, they were busy doing what they had to do, their work, and I handed them a rose, and it was like they suddenly became human to me, you know, I mean, poetically speaking, you know, it was like I handed them a Mm -hmm. rose, and and even though I couldn't speak their language, it was just like everything, you know, I talked to my team about this. We are handing them a rose, but you, you're the rose. You are really the rose, okay? So everything in you has to be about the love of God, you know, beyond language. Yeah. And so we're handing them the rose and saying, this is just a gift for you. And though they don't know the words, they understood it immediately, the Palestinians. They were just like, they understood yeah. immediately that this was for this was a gift for them, and they were like so grateful and so amazed, you know. And it was just like mm. wow, wow, mm. you know. It's like, I mean, people were telling me prior to that, you know, it's like, man, what we really need here is food and water, you know. Why can't you bring some food and water? And I said, well, I said that's not the vision the Lord gave me. That's not the mm-hmm. part He's given yeah. me here. People also need hope, you know. Mm -hmm. So what I see is light come into people's faces and and smile and like, wow, for me? You know, I saw a lot of that in Poland too. It was like, and I saw people cry when they read the cards. I mean, start weeping when they read the cards. And and their faces were like, Mm. this is for me. You can't possibly mean this is for me. It's like, yes, this is mm. for you. You know? Mm. Right, that's great. That's great. Um, how how do you decide uh, where you're going to go? How do those opportunities come to you <laughs> or even the ideas for them? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I pray. I pray, and um, it's a funny thing, you know, because it's not really by invitation. 
you know, the very first one we did, we took roses to the people of the town of Dachau and the people of the town of Auschwitzum, which is where Auschwitz is, and the people of the Mm -hmm. town of Bergen. No one invited me. Um, I had to go hunting around for people who spoke English. For Bergen, I, I, I called up the city council eventually. I tried to email them several times, but I called up the city council and I left messages. And finally, one lady called me back, um, Katerina. She was amazing. And um, she said, everyone is like, can't believe that you want to bring roses here. And we're like, you really want to do that? And I said, yeah, mm-hmm. I want to do that. And and so they went out of their way for us. I mean, they were like, they were like, they built an outdoor stage mm-hmm. for the concert. They posted posters everywhere, and it was it was almost it was almost well, it wasn't funny. I mean, it was wow. it was so incredibly sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, in in Dachau, people had a hard time receiving, very hard time receiving. But we ended up doing um, a concert, a free concert in the Royal Palace um, in the ballroom in uh, Dachau. And about 300 people came, and many people gave their lives to the Lord. It was really beautiful. People are amazed at kindness. And in Ashvinsham, um, this is a town where there's a lot of suicide. Um, I, I was... <laughs> I mean, people just start telling people about it, you know, and we were in the marketplace with the roses the first time, and, and people started telling everybody in the marketplace about the roses. They started out looking at us with, like, all the suspicion as we put out the buckets and we put up the keyboard and all of this kind of thing, and then when they saw what was really happening here, they were, like, telling everybody about it, and and people's faces, you know, again, there was people's faces, they turned into flowers. They were, like, amazing um mm. but you you know i mean i just felt like you know is like the lord has led us where he wanted us to go one year actually the second year here's an example i guess it is a good example um the second year a polish woman who was on the team the first year her name was magda she she asked me if I would be willing to take the roses to a town called Yedvabni. And, you know, God is so funny. Uh, There's no reason on earth that I would know what Yedvabni was, except that in 2008, when I came for the second time to check things out, I was in Krakow, and I was going to the uh, bookstores in the Jewish area, and one of the bookstores, this lady and I got into a big conversation, and she turned me on to this book, this little book. She said, if you want to know how the Poles treated the Jews, read this book. And the book was called Neighbors, and it was a very slim volume. And it was it took me over a year to read it because it was so painful. And it was basically the Polish people. It was an indictment of the Polish people in the town of Yedwabny um, through some eyewitness accounts. Um, that they had burned their Jewish neighbors and friends in the town in 1941, that it had not been the Germans, that it had been the Poles, and they burned them alive in a barn. And no one would um, acknowledge this. 
nor, nor you know, this was a very big deal throughout Poland. It really represented a lot of other towns that this kind of stuff went down, and and the polls would not um, would not acknowledge it. You know, many of the polls would not acknowledge it. This town would not acknowledge it. This town, um, even when the president of the country came to the town, they would not, you know, they would not acknowledge this. And I can't say, you know, I'm not here. Like, you know, the priest of that town was just a very sensitive man. Both times we have been in Yedvabne, he said to me, you know, they didn't do it. And I said, the second time I said to him, I was able to say to him, you know, you weren't there and I wasn't there. And and you don't know what they were thinking, and I don't know what they were thinking, and only God knows. And that's really not the main question anymore, is it? I said, the main question is, how do we heal? But anyway, so when Magda talked to me mm. about Yedvabni, I kind of freaked out because it was like, oh, man, I read this book. I can't go to this place, you know. And then other people mm. said, you know, they're not repentant. And I, you know, I asked my pastor, and I asked another friend of mine I really, really trust, you know, for spiritual guidance. And we were really blessed. Uh, Dallas Willard was, uh, you know, he, he is part of our congregation. I asked Dallas Willard, and all three of them warned me. They warned me. They said, you know, be very careful here, you know, and all of that. And yet I, I couldn't ignore the overwhelming sense of just the Holy Spirit, you know, just like, I mean, just pulling on me about this town. And so finally, you know, I, I did something I, I would never have thought of myself, but I had some friends go check it out for me that were near, you know, they were in uh, Krakow, and they, they said, yeah, we'll go check it out for you. And so they went, and one of them was also Jewish and Polish, and she was very angry at this town. And she said, she said there's a memorial in this town, and it's to all the uh, people in the town who uh, were sent to Siberia, and 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 they didn't come back, and they believe the Jews of the town sent them there. You know, they they told the they told the Russians about them, and they sent them there. And so there's all this back and forth stuff and everything. So she said, you know, I saw that, and I was really angry. And then we went to the Jewish memorial, you know, where uh, you know, you know, on the outskirts of town. And she said, and as we got to the Jewish memorial, and it's very, un, you know, not kept up or anything like that, she said, I heard God in my heart. And I felt like he said, they will, re- you know, they will repent when they see my love. And when she said that to me, I said, okay, we're going. Because that's exactly what this is about. We're not here to judge them. We're here to love them. That's not my job to bring conviction. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. My job is to show forth that love in a place that those people don't expect to receive that love. That's my job. The Holy Spirit is the one who knows the truth, and he's the only one who can bring conviction. And so we went and we gave out roses in that place. And that was just, that was so God. I mean, we were all like trembling in our boots and all of that, but as soon as we hit the street, that was the most, one of the most powerful moments for me. It was, I mean, all these people in shops around the town square in this tiny little town. 
and we start to unload, and they're all watching. You know, they're very suspicious and everything. They've been Mm -hmm. greatly harassed by the Jewish community who want to know what, when, and why, still, even now. And so why are we there, you know? And we're bringing, we bring out these buckets of roses, mm-hmm. probably some of the most beautiful roses, you know? And I, I don't know, you know, I'm a little crazy. I hand-clean these things myself. My team, we have to clean all the roses. We have to take off the dirty petals. We have to make the rose a gift mm. in every way. And so, mm. yeah, exactly. And so these people, you know, with all the suspicion and fear and everything else in this little town, right, well, we start to walk right up to them and give them the roses. And oh, my gosh. I mean, it really was. It was like like watching this crimson thread go throughout the town and from person to person, and people began to smile and, and just... I mean, their whole countenance changed, and the whole feeling of it changed, you know. And it was like, and then kids came through there, and we gave them roses. And then, you know, I set up my keyboard, and I started singing, you know, and worshiping right in the place where Jews and Catholics together Mm -hmm. used to celebrate each other's weddings, right? And here we are in this place worshiping and giving out the roses to the kids. And then my friend Heather, you know, she's also a Jewish believer and a worship leader, dance leader. You know, she begins to teach the kids how to dance to some of the songs. It was was stellar. Wow. It was, yeah. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Well, we are... um, we're running out of time here, um, but such wonderful stories. I, I bet you could go on and on. Um, I, just tell me briefly what uh, what what are your plans? Do you do you want to keep at this? Uh, it sounds like you had a pretty big team. Uh, where do these people come from? Do they and and uh, how is this whole thing funded? And is there anything we can do to help? Why don't you uh, Why don't you just uh, See if you can answer that really long question quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try, John. Um, okay. Uh, you know, uh, it's funny because this trip in Brussels was the hardest trip of all. And um, pretty much uh, in many respects, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sick. I'm still recovering from being extremely sick. And, and uh, doing a concert when you're sick is really no fun, as you, I'm sure you probably know. Um, yep. But yeah, so so part of me was so overwhelmed. I was just like, Lord, I, I just don't even know. I just don't know. I mean, this was so hard, and it had so many difficulties. And yet, you know, like my husband Michael, he's like, you you just need some time. You just need some perspective. You know, and um, the Lord had put on my heart to go back in December to minister especially to the women in Jericho and um, in Bethlehem and perhaps give out roses in Ramallah. And I I was sitting there in Brussels in the midst of feeling completely wiped out, you know, and going, I I don't even know how that's going to happen. You know, God, I'm always having this little monologue, soliloquy to God, you know. I don't even know how that's going to happen, blah, 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 you know. And, you know, the Lord has already, you know, broken down some walls for that to happen, you know. Um, 
we the team the team comes together um through prayer you know we have a little application process anyone who hears about a tour of roses um is welcome to apply or ask to be part of the team and we have some questions and we run it through um the board for improbable people ministries and the main thing is do we feel like this is someone God is calling to go? And do they feel like this is something God is calling them to do? Because I'm going to tell you, this is not a sightseeing trip, man. We were all exhausted. Mm-hmm. Um, there were 82 steps um, every day on this particular tour. Um, we had to haul 33 buckets up uh, two-thirds of those steps, um, you know, for the roses and stuff. I mean, and the cleaning and the, you know, I mean, there's, it's a pretty it's a pretty intense schedule and very little time off um but the fellowship and the intimacy of uh the team that I was just on was amazing I mean man we held each other up through sickness through mm. one guy got pickpocketed was such an incredibly uh heart toward the lord um you know he didn't lose his cool he didn't lose his point of view on it um had a right heart the whole time um many things came against us and we you know we prevailed in the lord's love and we we remained and abided in his love and it was really awesome that way so people hear about it um you can sign up on our website um for the uh newsletter that's a way that we um let people do that that's improbablepeople.org and um, people can sign up directly on the newsletter there. They can also support the project. Um, the, the project is independently supported. It's, you know, Mike and I uh, never know how the money is going to happen, but mm-hmm. the money, um, I, I seriously, I have to say, miraculously happens um, because it's not my gig. It's God's gig. Um, it's really his gig. You know, it's not... It's not something I would necessarily sign myself up for, and yet it's so beautiful and profound, and it's everything that we ever intended to be with our songs and our writing and our thinking. You know, um, when Mike and I met, the songs we wanted to write were songs that mattered, that made a difference. Mm-hmm. And God has allowed us to do that, you know, a little bit. And this project is just the same thing. It's about healing. It's about it's about reconciliation. It's about seeing that God can redeem even the most evil places, mm-hmm. the wicked the wicked and the most wicked things. He he wants to. That's who he is. You know, we may not want to but he wants to he wants to bring beauty from ashes that's his whole gig he wants to do it in our independent lives he wants to do it in nations he wants to do it in people groups you know we can we can find reasons to justify our hatred until we're blue in our face but that's not who he is that's not what he's about and if we want to align ourselves with who he is and what he's about well then, he's gonna he's gonna grow pink pink flowers in the middle of Bergen Belsen. He's just gonna do it. Mm-hmm. You know, 
He's he's going to bring beauty out of ashes. It's who he is. Mm-hmm. You know? And we can either we can either get a clue mm-hmm. and join him in that, which is his delight and his desire, or we can hold back and say, you know, I have a right to be. And it's like, no man, you don't. If you understand what the cross is, we gave up all our rights. And he took all of it. And his blood is enough for your sin and my sin, for the sin of Germany. You know, his blood is enough or it's not, but it is. (laughs) So, you know, that's all a tour of roses is. It's an expression of this, you know. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. So you're going to continue. Where is it? Do you have a trip? What's your next trip? Do you know yet? Yes, it's what I said. It's to, it's to Jericho and you'll find out. Ah. No, it's to Jericho and Bethlehem, and it's in December. Oh, fantastic! Okay. Yeah. Well, that will that will be uh, that will be exciting to hear about. I'm sure. (laughs) uh, Well, this is this has been a a real treat, and um, I want to thank you, Sally, for being available. Uh, especially since you've just got back and I'm sure you're pretty exhausted, but um, uh, it's just really good to hear um, the joy of your, your heart and the forgiveness that that God worked into your own life and uh, is working it out. We here, we, we have a thing that we call um, it's kind of our, our theme really uh, at the catch and it's called grace turned outward. And um, I I think what you're doing is just an absolutely perfect expression of grace turned outward because grace first comes to me. It comes to me. And then once I have experienced it, then, then out it goes. It just has to do that. And I'm suddenly treating others with grace and uh, forgiveness. And it sounds like exactly what you guys are doing. Um, and Amen. so this has been a real, a real joy, a real joy. Um, so thank you so much for being available today. I appreciate it. And uh, thanks to Michael for sharing you with us. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll have to, maybe after your next trip. Um, that would be hear great. How that I, goes. Would, I would love that. <laughs> okay. And it's improbablepeople.org. Is that right? Yes. And a tour of roses okay. is actually under the missions link, and you can read about that there. Okay. There you go. Improbablepeople.org. And... Uh, Tour of Roses is the name. It's under missions. You could find out some more there. Um, maybe you can support this. Maybe you want to go. Who knows? Um, look into it some more. I, I just think it's a, a wonderful thing that you're doing. And uh, I pray that God God continues to bless it. It sounds like, sounds like he will. So thank you again, Sally. Thank you, John, very much. Thank you. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye now. Shalom. (laughs) Shalom. Well, there you go, folks. Uh, That that was wonderful. 
So I think I gave you most of the information. If you want to follow this up and keep keep on with it, um, keep up with what's going on, and get a little more familiar with um, Sally. I understand we didn't have a chance to talk. Has a new book out that uh, is on going to be on Amazon, so you can find out about that. And uh, uh, Michael is a writer as well and songwriter. So uh, and I don't know whether you can still get Sermon on the Mound if you can get it. If you like baseball and baseball starting, angels are losing, you know, that's just kind of, <laughs> yeah, it's life in, in the Orange County. So uh, thank you, uh, Sally, for brightening up our, um, our perspective. And um, I pray that uh, God will bless that ministry as it continues on. So we'll see you next Tuesday. Next Tuesday is... Um, uh, my friend Steve Moore, I announced him as this Tuesday. I had it wrong. It's uh, Steve Moore from Murdoch Trust. We're going to talk about, well, we're going to actually talk about some of the anger and hostility that's going on in the world and what we can do about it. We can uh, give people a rose. God bless you.